Welcome to Bedtime History. This is your host, Breck. Before we get started, a quick message to parents. I enjoy producing these podcasts and would love to do them more often. One way you can help make this happen and to help with some of the other costs is to become a Bedtime History sponsor or patron. Patrons go back to the time of the Italian Renaissance when families supported their favorite artists. If you go to patreon.com forward slash bedtime history, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash bedtime history, you can become our patron and see the different ways to help grow the podcast. One of the tiers will get you a copy of the Bedtime History ebook. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash bedtime history. Once again, thanks for listening and for all of your support. Close your eyes and imagine you are flying high above the sky. The sun is warm on your head and the cool wind is ruffling your hair. You look down below and see miles and miles of land and mountains in the distance. People in cars are so small they look like little bugs hurrying around. You fly your plane through fluffy white clouds and fly faster and faster. It feels like you are on top of the world and nothing can stop you from doing anything you dream. Tonight we're going to learn about one of the most famous girl pilots of all time named Amelia Earhart. Amelia Mary Earhart was born in Atchison, Kansas on July 24, 1897. Growing up, she lived with her parents Samuel and Mary and her little sister Muriel. Amelia's nickname was Mealy or Millie, and her sister's nickname was Pidge. Even as adults, they called each other by their favorite nicknames. At home, their mother gave Amelia and her little sister lots of freedom to play outside and explore. Little Muriel loved to follow her big sister around. They spent most of their time exploring the woods around their home, climbing trees, collecting worms, moths, toads, and sledding during the winter. Their grandmother was more proper than their mother, and often asked why they didn't wear dresses like the other girls, instead wearing bloomers, which were pants that made it easier to play in. But their mother wanted them to have their freedom and enjoy their childhood, so she wasn't as strict. Once when Amelia was eight years old, she had seen a roller coaster at a fair and wanted to build her own. So with the help of her uncle, she built a ramp and attached one end to the top of a tool shed. Then using a wooden box as a sled, she raced down the ramp, flew into the air, and crashed to the ground. She got a bruised lip and tore her dress, but jumped up and said to her sister, It's just like flying. A year later, Amelia went to the Iowa State Fair, and there saw her first airplane. Her dad asked if she and her sister wanted to take a flight in it, but surprisingly, Amelia was uninterested. The plane looked very rickety, and not at all what she'd hoped in seeing an airplane, so she turned around and went back to the merry-go-round instead. For a while, Amelia and Muriel lived with their grandparents in Atchison, while their parents moved to a new home in Iowa. There, Amelia was homeschooled and discovered their library, where she spent many hours finding new books and came to have a love for reading. Later, they moved back with their parents in Iowa and attended public school. A few years later, Amelia's father lost his job, and their family had to move multiple times. 
This was a very hard time for Amelia, as she moved schools and didn't have very many friends along with the troubles at home. But during this time, she planned ahead for a future that would be very different for women of her time. She wanted to go to college and have a job making movies or as a lawyer or business or be an engineer. She collected newspaper clippings of different jobs she might like to have and kept them in a safe place. In 1917, World War I was going on in Europe. While visiting her sister in Canada during Christmas break, Amelia saw the wounded soldiers coming back from the war. She wanted to help, so she learned to become a nurse's aide and started working at a military hospital. She spent her time making food for the wounded soldiers or handing out medication that they needed to get better. A couple years later, Amelia and some friends were visiting an airfare in Toronto, Canada. During the fair, Amelia and her friends were in a field while a World War I plane was flying overhead. The pilot flew his plane down toward them to try and scare them for fun, but Amelia didn't move. She just stood there watching him as he flew by. Later she said, I did not understand it at the time, but I believe that little red airplane said something to me as it swished by. Not long after this, Amelia moved to California to live with her parents. In Long Beach on December 28, 1920, Amelia visited an airfield where she got her first flight. She said, By the time I had got two or three hundred feet off the ground, I knew I had to fly. So she got to work making it happen. For the next several months, she worked many different jobs to save up $1,000 for her first flying lessons. She took her first lesson on January 3, 1921 at Kinner Field in Long Beach, California. To look like a pilot, Amelia bought a leather jacket and cut her hair short like other girl pilots at the time. She bought her first airplane, a little yellow biplane, and named it the Canary. On October 22, 1922, Amelia flew her little plane to 14,000 feet and set a world record for a woman pilot. Over the next few years, Amelia continued to fly as a hobby, but also worked as a school teacher and wrote for the newspaper about flying. As she wrote more, people began to learn about her love for flying. In 1926, a pilot named Charles Lindbergh was the first man to fly across the Atlantic Ocean by himself. A year later, someone asked Amelia if she wanted to be the first woman to fly across the Atlantic. With the help of another pilot named Wilmer Stoltz, on June 17, 1928, Amelia and Wilmer flew from Newfoundland to England in 20 hours and 40 minutes. When they returned back to the United States, Amelia and Wilmer were met with a parade in downtown New York. After that, they met President Woodrow Wilson at the White House. The newspapers called Amelia the Queen of the Air, and she spent the next year touring the country and speaking about her adventures as a pilot. For many years, Amelia had sewn her own clothes, so as part of her new fame, women became interested in dressing simply and in wrinkle-proof clothes like Amelia did. Amelia continued writing and speaking and letting everyone know that women could be pilots too. Her next goal was to fly across the entire United States, and she did this in 1928. A year later, she married her friend George P. Putnam, who proposed to her six times before she finally said yes. 
1932, Amelia set off from Newfoundland for another record to fly across the Atlantic by herself this time. During the flight, Amelia had to deal with strong winds, icy weather, and problems with her plane. It was a scary voyage, but she stayed strong and kept going until she reached Northern Ireland. There she landed in a farmer's field, and the farmer asked, Have you flown far? Yes, Amelia said, from America, to the farmer's surprise. In 1935, Amelia flew from Hawaii to California, then from California to Mexico City, and then Mexico City to New York. But her biggest goal was yet to come. In 1935, Amelia and her team started planning for an around-the-world flight. Others had flown around the world, but her journey would be the longest. They began working on her special plane, modifying it so it could make the trip. She also picked her navigator, the person who would chart their journey, named Fred Noonan. On June 1st, 1937, Amelia and Frank took off from Oakland, California, and flew to Miami, and then down to South America, across the Atlantic Ocean to Africa, then east to India and Southeast Asia. It was a very difficult flight across the world. Amelia was often very sick and made it all the way to Papua New Guinea in 21 days, where they put more fuel in their airplane and prepared to fly to the next destination. They had gone 22,000 miles with 7,000 miles left to reach California where they had started. Their next stop would be Howland Island, but sadly during the next flight, Amelia and Frank never reached their next stop. No one is quite sure what happened to them, but most think their plane went down in the Pacific Ocean. Everyone was sad to have Amelia Earhart missing. The President of the United States, Franklin Roosevelt, even authorized a massive two-week search, but they were never found. Not all hero stories end with a happy ending, but Amelia Earhart was one of the most amazing heroes of American and world history. Amelia showed the world that people can do incredible things when they are determined and put their minds to it. She also showed the world that girls can do adventurous things such as be pilots and break records by flying across the ocean. Throughout her life, Amelia not only did these amazing things, but toured the world writing and speaking about them and encouraging other girls to be pilots and do adventurous things too. Like Amelia, you can have big dreams and plan for the future. Amelia didn't just dream of doing things, she got to work. She worked simple jobs to earn her first thousand dollars for her flying lessons. Then she studied and practiced to be a great pilot. The flights she went on were very difficult. Sometimes it was very cold or she was sick, but she kept going no matter what. Sometimes it was very cold or she was sick, but she kept going no matter what. Spend some time thinking about what you would like to do with your life. Don't feel like you have to plan it all right now, but do think about the small things you can do to learn and grow. Sometimes it's just reading or exercising or taking the time to do well at a subject you might be having trouble with. But remember, Amelia was once a child like you and achieved the things she did by being brave and persisting even when she met with challenges.